right, check it out. Deathmatch 3000. In the red corner, Frank Sinatra. And in the blue corner, Elvis Presley. All right, I'm not talking about no cartoon shit. The real deal, real cat, scrapping it out. Now, who's going down? Well, the chairman of the board and the king are looking mighty mean tonight. Mighty mean. I'll tell you, the king lands one right in the chairman's nuts. Oh, oh, oh hot tamale. There it is, baby. <laughs> oh, but the king slips. He goes down, and oh. old blue eyes goes in for an Italian necktie. Whoa! The king is down! The king is down! No! Do that, will ya? Who said the king's down? Oh, come on, man. Let it go. Did I say something to you? Oh, shut the fuck up. Damn. So who said the king is down? Come on, man. We're just having a little fun back here. I know. So who said it? I said it, Murphy. Well, don't say it any fucking more. Uh, it was just a joke. Well, it wasn't fucking funny. <laughs> Sinatra. Fuck Sinatra. Nobody fucks with the king, and nobody ever says he's down. Get ready! Woo! We are tour, and we're doing it better than anybody else alive! This is the Cutline Podcast with your host, Michael Cavalunis. US Open is over and we are on to the Travelers Championship at TPC River Highlands with a course that has a ton of history. Do you need a deep dive? The course is easy, right? Look, if you want half-ass analysis, find a different show, but if you want a podcast, no, not just a podcast, an experience of sheer entertainment, random moments of lust, potentially a shade of discomfort, and of course, the ever so often discussion of how Sergio Garcia is a brutal professional, then the cut line is your show. As much as we can analyze the tournament following the US Open, and as much as we can single out the best damn calls of the week, the beat rolls on as the cut line breaks down the Travelers Championship at River Highlands. Often the second most attended PGA tournament on tour, this tournament, in my opinion, its place is special. It's perfect. It's an excellent follow-up to a major championship. But before I break down the travelers, hello Canada, hello Australia, hello USA, hello UK, hello Spain, Germany, New Zealand, and we most definitely like to thank Ireland for listening as well. The cut line is dedicated to bringing you the best PGA DFS content out there. You can find us on SoundCloud, Stitcher, iTunes, Google Play. You can find us everywhere. So if you enjoy what you're hearing, please subscribe, leave a comment, and the ball will keep rolling. Now, if you haven't listened to the cut line. Kick those old douches to the curb. It's time you got a nice douche. We're here to help you win big. Find the best plays, the key pivots. And of course, if you're a returning listener. Ah, You can feel it, dude. You can feel it. Love you, suit. Welcome back. I'm Mike Kevin Lunas at Lunas on Twitter, L-I-U-N-A-S. 
And the Travelers is here. We're going to do a special show. We got a special show on tap for you guys. But before that, make sure you check out CutlineGolf.com for all your betting and DFS news. We have the Core 4, the Course Report, the Tournament Model, everything you need on there from the power rankings to the market research to see who's priced up, who's priced down. You want projections to put into your optimizer? Cutline Golf has it there for you. Guess what? It's all free. Free. Can you believe that? Free. It's the best free content out there. And I don't say that lightly because there's a lot of good free content out there, by the way. So get to give a shout out to my man, PGA Tout, because his stuff is lightning. And you can go to PGA Tout's website. Um, give him a little plug here, thepgatout.com, where he does his write-ups, his weekly write-ups. This week on The Travelers, you can always find uh, everything you need to know where he does his course preview, his favorite plays, and everything of that nature. So kind of interesting to, to take that angle if you want. PJ Tout does great stuff. I've heard his name on other shows. I've heard his name you know, being discussed amongst the ranks of some of the more prestigious shows that you would find on the internet but having said that make sure you guys check him out he's got really good stuff good content go to his website give him some support again his content's all free and you guys know very well that i don't like people that say they are a tout offering content that they want people to pay for and god damn it nothing is worse than tipping those people you do it for fun man you do it because you want people to like do well because you're helpful and those guys asking for tips, scam artists, don't do it. Don't tip them. Don't do it, man. Don't do it. So anyways, let's keep going. We're going to go straight into the good, the bad, and the ugly. First of all, the good of the U.S. Open, Sergio Garcia's pitch shot hitting the pin. That was my favorite moment of the weekend. Obviously, the golf was great. Rom winning was great. DFS was great last weekend. Almost a grand for me. I loved it. It was awesome. But the Favorite moment was Sergio Garcia's pitch shot, hitting the pin, and the ball rolling all the way back to where he was standing. He ended up bogeying the hole. I loved it. One of my favorite moments of the weekend. Guy deserves it, especially when you spit into a cup on a course where pros are playing. Deserves it. Absolutely. The bad. Louis with a runner-up again. I couldn't believe it. A runner-up in the tournament. A major tournament again. He's going to get one, right? He's going to get one on stateside. I just don't know when. And, of course, the ugly goes straight to the U.S. Open app. So much promise. Commercials. Driving all the apps and options you had for the U.S. Open. And it was brutal. Slow. Behind. Why can't they get it right, man? Grow the game. Grow the sport. You want kids to watch it. Make it accessible. Kids, all they all have phones now. Come on, man. All right, that's it for that. The cut line is here to bring you in-depth DraftKings analysis of the Travelers Championship. And we're going to do the best we can. Fuck you, donuts are awesome. They're delicious. To give you the best opportunity to cash on Sunday, we'll be sure to bring in timely wax, green sides, and traps, and a pup that might drop in through the back door. <laughs> wink, wink. No sexting, please. No sexting. Now, the goal of the cut line is to make sure that not only is your tournament lineup at the green, but so is your bankroll. You're smashing lineups, cashing lineups, lineups that are kicking ass and taking names. 
and getting six of six golfers through the cut line week in and week out. Now, I know it's Wednesday night. You get a little stressed. You don't know where ownership's going to go. The guys I trust, Fanshare Sports and FanshareSports.com. They give you the best ownership and stat analysis in the industry. If you're ending up on the wrong end of the flagstick, it's probably because you're not subscribed to Fanshare Sports. So a very easy fix. Go to FanshareSports.com. After you fill out all your information, in the discount code, write the word CUTLINE and you'll receive 25% off your monthly membership. So the question I ask you is how your lineup's doing. Probably not that good because you're not part of FanshareSports.com. Probably not that good because you're not checking out CutlineGolf.com. Probably not that good because this is the first time you're listening to the show. And guess what? We're going to flip that switch and get you in the green coming this week. So this takes us to TPC River Highlands in the Travelers Championship. And ooh, Lots of fun here. TPC River Highlands will host the Travelers Championship for the 38th consecutive year. This you that it just makes it unique, uh, like on PGA Tour for the length of time it's been there. It's it's been completely redone in 1982 by Pete Dye and once again dismantled and reconfigured in in, in 1987 by Bobby Weed. Yet the most impressive aspect the mainstay on the PGA Tour is the fact that this course is one of the shortest. Recent equipment changes continue to cause concerns of like courses even like Augusta, but TPC River Islands never seems to enter the conversation thanks to its rolling fairways, massive oak, sycamore, and white pine trees, and greens that are very small when compared to the average size on PGA Tour. Ultimately, what this says to us is that ball striking and approach are a premium for success, success here. It also helps you start your tee shot in the fairway. So scramblers need not apply here. This course needs precision, approach, ball flight, and control to dominate the field. This provides a strong rationale as to why Bubba Watson has won here three times, Mickelson twice, and Stuart Sink twice as well. If you ignore the top spot, there are plenty of golfers that have found continuous success at this track as well. It's important to note that even though there are modifications at 87, this is still a true Pete Dye course highlighting those players that play well on his designs as well as the ones that produce on short courses. It's going to be beneficial. It isn't surprising that we see a high correlation between this course and Harbortown. No matter who you look to roster or gamble on this week, make sure that the golfer can score. In 2020, DJ won this tournament at minus 19. If you look at the last 10 years, the average score for the winner was minus 17. Don't ignore the fact that these golfers have to score in the 60s in every round to win this tournament. We've seen massive comebacks on Sunday. No lead is safe, so everyone's contention, even when you see a leader shoot a ridiculous sub-68 on Saturday. The lesson here is that, like I mentioned before, nothing is guaranteed on Sunday. It's all up for grabs, and the best player over four rounds will win the championship. Bermuda grass greens with POA. 5,000 square foot green, stint meter is 11 plus, a little bit faster than average. We got 6,841 yards, a par 70. Five holes have water hazards on them, and there are 69 bunkers on the course. Looking at the weather ahead, Thursday, Friday, if you're going showdown, go with the AM waves. All right, wind is going to pick up in the afternoon, and we'll see winds up to 23 miles per hour, 24 miles per hour on Friday, and those come around noon. So if you're going to do those showdown models this weekend, boom. AM wave is the way to go. Following that, Saturday looks scary. You got wind, 
Potentially some rain in the morning and gusts up to 40 miles per hour. I'll be surprised if they get the whole round in on, on Saturday if this comes to fruition. So be conscientious of that. Past winners, DJ 2020, Chez Revy, Bubba Watson, three-time Bubba Watson champion, 18 2015 and 2010 jordan spieth in 2017 russell knox in 2016 streelman in 14 ken duke in 2013 and mark leishman in 2012 key stats i'm looking at this weekend ball striking strokes gain approach strokes gain t to green greens and regulation fairways gained and wedge play need my wedge player so we're gonna look for those guys similar courses tpc sawgrass Mirfield village east lake tpc twin cities and innis brook resort but that's enough about this course. The question is, who are we going to play this weekend? He's two putts from victory. Only needs one. Ooh, got a member's bounce there, boys. That's birdie all day long. So this takes us to the birdie or better segment where we will look at the top tier, the 11K range, all the way through the 7K range to find the best plays for the Travelers Championship. But before we break down any golfer, we are going to go dancing. Funk is on a roll. Aye. Funk is on a roll. Hey, 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 yo. Funk is on Can somebody call my mama? Funk it's about to get funky up in here. So this is the dance floor, and we're going to look ahead at this week's tournament and potential build strategies for you guys to build your best lineups, lineups that are winning, kicking ass, taking names. And right now, looking at chalk plays, we're going to see like Bryson DeChambeau, very popular. Keegan Bradley, very popular. Grillo, very popular. All right, so there's a lot of names that are going to have like 20% ownership potentially. And of course, a lot of these top guys... Guys like Patrick Cantlay, double-digit ownership, Paul Casey, you know, Scotty Shuffler coming in a little lower-owned, Streelman, double-digit, Abraham Anser, almost 17-18%, Tony Finau is always popular, he's a DFS darling, the list goes on and on. Here's what I think you can leverage the field this week. I think there's a lot of great 6K plays, and we're going to go over that in the MG. And the reason is, it's a shorter course, you don't need to bomb the ball, you need to be precise off the tee, hit the fairway, Get your approach on and do this for four straight rounds. Is it possible that a top dog could win? Absolutely. Dustin Johnson won last year, but that's where we'll go with the stubs and scr- uh, stars and scrubs type feel. Right now, that's what I'm feeling that I'm going to do. I'm really going to go tighten my core in my 20 max, probably 12 to 14 golfers only, and bank on them cashing and smashing and, and crashing. Now, if we go to 150 max, again, I'm going to expand my field just through the lower range, not in the upper upper tier. I'm going to take the golfers I like and kind of expose myself in that lower tier just a little bit above what ownership is coming out to be. So I think those are good, solid build strategies. I have a feeling, though, that a lot of people this week are going to go balanced. 
just because it's easy to throw in like a DeChambeau and then come down here in the 7K range and play like a Harold Varner or a Jason Day or a Lanto Griffin or a Griot or, you know, Carlos Ortiz, you go all the way to that 7K range, you're looking at like guys like Pat Perez, Doug Gim, Taylor Gooch, Russell Knox. These are names we've been playing all week or, or talking about for the last few weeks. I would not be surprised if the, if the popular build this week is that balanced style. So to immediately get contrarian, Go straight to Stars and Scrubs. If you want to get contrarian within those balance builds, obviously take a look at ownership on fansharesports.com. So that does it for the dance floor. But we're going to go straight to this 10K, 11K range with Dustin Johnson, DeChambeau, Brooks Kepka, Cantley, and Patrick Reed. So the guys that I like in this range are DJ, DeChambeau, and, and Reed. And the thing is, I don't know if Reed's going to get that popular this week. He was a huge favorite on Twitter, on social media for the U.S. Open. And he didn't really show up in terms of like where people needed him to finish. He did finish in 19th. Great finish. Don't get me wrong for a major championship. Looked good in terms of DraftKings scoring. But again, people get fooled by that. They think about like not finishing top 10, not finishing top 5, not, not getting you the points to allocate towards your GPPs, to your cash lines, whatever the case may be. And Reed, I guess, let a lot of people down, right? He didn't even get it in each way. In the betting so that automatically reduces ownership i think people are also going to look at like his inability to be successful off the tee and they're going to take it that he can't hit fairways but in, in truth in 2021 he, he's he ranks 42nd in the field in, in fairway hit percentage it's the driving distance that an issue and, and and the driver itself causes the ball striking issue but he's an elite approach player ranks 28th in 2021 and the guy can score like crazy scores on par fours like crazy ranks 21st in the field but here's the thing. Reed only ranks 120th in rounds in the 60s. And I think that's a pretty pivotal stat this week still. I think he's a viable play. 22nd of overall stat model, 8th in the confidence model. And that's why I love him, Patrick Reed. Third in my overall projections. Right? He, he sits behind DJ and Cantlay. And, and I, I think he's going to be a solid play. He's going to be lower owned as of right now potentially of course everyone's gonna fade kepka it's not a major we know we're gonna fade him but he's he's won before i i just don't know how the knee feels he might be here because of sponsor agreements or with the contractual obligations with the pga tour in maintaining his tour card yada 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 whatever the case may be brooks though you know it's it's set up for that miscut and you know, we'll see if anyone's going to really roster him right now. We're looking at 10%, which I think is still pretty high. That number's going to probably go down. Of course, the question is Dustin Johnson, Bryson DeChambeau. DJ's won here last year, right? And DeChambeau's never won here, but has incredible course history. Average finishing position of 19th place is worst in 2016, where he finished 47th. But in the last three years, he's finished top 10. 505 straight missed cuts are made cuts. 26th the U.S. Open, really thought he was going to fire on all cylinders on Sunday, but just couldn't putt. Uh, but look, he, he's solid on approach. We know how he can bomb it. Can't really bomb it here anymore, but he can still hit that three wood further than anyone else. Bring in that iron, you know, a, a two iron, three iron, four iron, whatever he's going to hit with. Bomb that down the fairway accurately. And we're just worried about the approach game and the, and, and the putting. So that's where we're at with DeChambeau. And DJ obviously can match that distance. It came to fruition last year as he as he won the Travelers. So they're all viable options. 
people are going to look at Patrick Cantlay's course history, and immediately they're going to be drawn to that. 11th, 15th, and 15th. But at 10,400, if he finishes outside the top five, it ain't worth it. You should have faded him, and he's not going to help your GPP lineup. So be conscientious of that. And we have seen those splits on the East Coast versus the West Coast. I know he's played well here at this course, and I know we're on the West Co- on the East Coast. But still, it's a little bit concerning if you, if you just look at Cantlay this year, specifically with those splits. The thing I do like about him, though, is that his approach game, 16th in 2021, but he is having a hard time finding that fairway percentage. It did just 79, ranked 79th in the field. You look at our overall stat model with the last three mentioned. DJ ranks fifth. DeChambeau ranks eighth. Cantley ranks fourth. In my confidence model, DJ is number three. DeChambeau is number seven. And Cantley is number one. So it's kind of hard to ignore Patrick Cantley when we look at those rankings and those metrics. And, and, and those are numbers that I love to utilize in terms of building my lineups. But Cantley has been off this year. Right, it, it it doesn't seem like the same Patrick Cantley that we've seen in the past, and I get it. We're, we're coming off a major. Maybe you don't want to play someone in this in this top tier, but the fact is, is that there's a lot of upside. But the thing I'm not going to buy here is that ownership. It, it's kind of an issue that Cantley's getting that much love, but DFS been pretty sharp lately, so I I wouldn't be surprised that at the end of round two, chalk is on top of the leaderboard. That tends to happen a lot lately. All right, so let's go to the 9K range. And we're looking at Casey, Scheffler, Streelman, Wolf, Finau, Abraham Anser, and Neiman. And I'm going to tell you right now, I love everyone in this in this area except for Matthew Wolf. It's concerning to me when a golfer, a professional athlete, any human being in general, just isn't in the right frame mentally to be successful. And I get it. He's coming back. He wants to get back into the game. Was dealing with some struggles. Talk with Bubba Watson. And if you haven't seen it, Bubba Watson did a great interview about his mental issues and struggles on on golf on the golf channel. And talks about the stress of being a professional golfer and the 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 concept of being perfect all the time and how that just did an exhausting toll on him physically, mentally, emotionally. He lost an, an enormous amount of weight. Like, it's not a joke here on Matthew Wolf. I, I feel bad for the guy. Like, he is literally going through some mental anguish, and it's important to note that. But for gambling purposes, I don't want my golfers to kind of be in that framework of trying to work things out. I want them to be on top of their game. And and don't get me wrong, he looked great at the at the US Open, right? Finished 15th. But how much did that take out of him? That's a long physical weekend. You come back to golf, you play on Torrey Pines where the rough is the thickest they've seen all year. Greens are the fastest they've seen all year, the pressure somewhat insurmountable for some of those players. We knew Russell Henley wasn't going to be winning at the end of this at the end of this tournament. So these are all concerns we have with Matthew Wolf. Now, granted, he I hate his swing though so much. I know people love it the the how it's not conventional at all. I just don't like it. What like one bit, one bit. Anyways, Paul Casey. Paul Casey is a Pete Dye wizard at 9900. He literally is. Uh, 
All right, you look at the last 50 rounds, and, and just this is on Fantasy National. Pete's eye research, in, in terms of off the tee, he's fifth. In approach, he's third. Brutier your better gained, he's ninth. Ball striking, third. Tee to green, he's first. Good drives, third. Scrambling, 23rd. He ranks first in that overall research model on Pete Dye courses. DeChambeau's number two, by the way. Jason Day's number three. Cantley's number four. Rose is five. Scott is six. DJ seven. Answers eight. Siwoo Kim's nine. And Griot is number 10. All right. So the point being is that in this 9K range, and he's going to get a lot of love, I think, by the time that Thursday comes around, potentially like 20% type love. I don't know if you can fade Paul Casey. He's looked good recently, too, right? Finished seventh, backdoor seventh place at the U.S. Open. Course history here, average finishing position of number 12. Hasn't missed a cut in the last five years. Only missed top 31 time last year. And we could argue that was due to COVID. You look at this year, 2021 stats. On those par fours, he ranks 50th in the field. Scoring, 17th. Approach, number one in the field, fifth in ball striking. Hitting the fairway, ranks 40th. Strokes gained T to green, he's number four. Casey's the real deal deal at 99. And you could start your build there. You could arguably start your build there, right? Because you look at the course history and the amount of like top dogs that have won. Jordan Spieth, yes. Bubba Watson, yes. Dustin Johnson, yes. But you're going to put like Mark Leishman up there? Streelman up there? Reevee, no way. These are your lower end guys and they have an opportunity to win this week. You don't need to be a bomber to win this course. You just need to be accurate and precise with your approach shot. Paul Casey fits that mold. Now here's a guy, the next guy I want to mention, I hope he stays low owned and that's Scheffler. I really don't want people to fall in love with him. He's teetering on the edge of winning a tournament. He really is. Like, he looked good at the U.S. Open, finished seventh. At the Memorial, finished third. Did miss a cut at the Schwab. I get that. But then eighth at the PGA Championship. He's playing great golf and is going completely overlooked. Here's the thing, though. At this course particularly, par fours play, like, a massive factor in terms of the scoring because they're more of the easier holes on the course itself. Scheffler ranks sixth in the field in par four scoring in 2021. So he makes a lot of sense. You look at his recent form, especially in the approach ranking. In the last 50 rounds, ranks 5th on shorter courses. ninth in the last 36. In terms of scoring, 3rd in the last 50 rounds on shorter courses. Okay. Scheffler's in play. He's going to get my money at the book. He's going to get my money as potentially a core play again on the core 4. Like, the... the I'm all in on Scotty Scheffler this week. I love the play. I hope people stay off him. Right now he's at around 10%. I'm sure he'll get up 13 14%. For whatever reason, people are not joining the Scheffler bandwagon. I don't know why, but you should. All right, 9,400 Kevin Streelman. And I'm going to say something I don't normally say about Kevin Streelman. He's 9,400, and I like it. Because I think it's really going to suppress that ownership. Now, don't get me wrong. I know, I know he's won here before. And the course history is really good. Top 15, second place last year, 15th in 2019, 33rd in 2018, 8th in 2017, did miss the cut in 2016, 15th at the U.S. Open. A lot of people are looking at that. 
it's hard though. I'm going to say this. It's hard to take what we saw at the U.S. Open and and make connections here, because it's such a different, exhausting tournament. And I'm not going to say that they're not going to be focused here at, at Travelers. They are. They want the FedEx points. They want the money. Obviously, they want to play the best golf that they potentially can. But the golf at the U.S. Open, the amount of focus that's necessary to be successful there, they're not on the same level. They're not on par, right? So Streelman might stumble. You could see it, but I'm still gonna I'm still gonna play him. Now, overall stat model tenth, confidence model number nine, aggregate model number eight. All right, we're down to 9,400 guy, and he's in still in the top ten in our aggregate model, which is good to see. Tony Finau missed the cut at the U.S. Open. I'm surprised he's coming in as high owned as he is, being that he did miss that cut. But still, it's Tony Finau, right? You want to take that scoring upside. He has the DraftKings. You know what it is? It's indicative of the fact that DraftKings PGA is sharp. It's really sharp now, and I think people are understanding that it's a great game to get involved with because you don't play every day. You set your lineup Wednesday night, Thursday morning, whenever you get up, whatever you do. Lock it in and get going, right? I it, It's something to note. It's something that's very important to note that people are getting sharp. So Finau, again, they're going to go back to him because he's such a DraftKings scorer. Answer and Neiman, guys, I'm going to I'm gonna bet. They're great uh, on Pete Dye courses. Again, so like th- th- these are Neiman ranks 13th in the field on Pete Dye courses in my research model. So... Like you need to be aware of the fact that there are some gems here in this 9K range. And if you do start your builds there, I don't mind that either. And you could kind of do like a mini stars and scrubs. And I know we don't really associate like the 9K range with stars and scrubs, but if you want to go with more 9K guys than to the 6K guys, that makes sense to me as well. And I think it's a viable option to to kind of attack that method in in grasping being different. I don't think a lot of people are going to be building their GPPs that way. Like I said, I'm sticking with my core of about 12 to 14 guys in that 20 max and get as tight as I can. If I'm going to expand beyond that, it's going to be in that 6K range, and that's just for exposure purposes. You know, I want to get as much exposure to other guys as I potentially can. So um, that'll do it for the 9K range. Not going to go really into depth of Neiman. But let's go down that 8K range, and we're looking at like guys like Bubba Watson, Harmon Smith, Charlie Hoffman, Siwoo Kim, Justin Rose, Russell Henley, Harris English, Leishman, and Adam Scott. And believe it or not, my favorite play in this in this range right now, as I'm researching, is Adam Scott. And it really stems from the fact that he's been so good in his career on Pete Dye courses. Tenth in the field on Pete Dye courses and ball striking. Ninth in approach, sixth in par fours, seventh in birdie or better gain, fifth in prox, proximity, sixth in strokes gain, tee to green, ninth in driving distance in the field, and he's only 8K. Has he been good recently? No. Like you take away him barely making the cut on the number at the U.S. Open, struggling through, through Sunday to finish 35th, he's potentially properly placed based on ownership and what people are expecting from Adam Scott. But the fact is we are looking at a shorter course. I get it. Adam Scott's been struggling 
put $8,000 Adam Scott on a Pete Dye course, you got to take pieces of that. Potential core play right there. All right, going back to the top, though. Bubba Watson. Here's my thing with Bubba. He's going to be popular because of the course history. We know he's won here three times. But he's not looked very good. And, and let's be honest, he's missed cuts in the last five years. Regardless of the fact that he won in 2018, he's got two missed cuts. 2019, he finished 54th, so he's not going to pay off at 8,900. And 2016, he finished in 25th, so that's not going to pay off either. You look at his 21, 2021 rankings on like key stats for this course in particular. He ranks 85th in fairway hit percentage. If he's missing that fairway and he has to scramble, he's 116th in the field in scrambling. In terms of approach, he ranks 68th. He's not necessarily in the form where I want to buy into on a Pete Dye course. He's looked bad on approach recently, looked terrible in scoring. He's been wildly inconsistent off the tee. And we saw that at the U.S. Open. He made the cut, but he only finished in 50th place. So it, it is a bit concerning. I think Bubba Watson is off the table for me. Same kind of deal with Brian Harmon. Two missed cuts, two top 10s and 35th. At $8,800, he has way better stats in terms of like his success. But is he going to be over-owned because he's 19th at the U.S. Open? Is this going to elevate his ownership to where you can't play him just based on an over-ownership fade? Right now, I'm projecting him at around 15%, depending on everyone else talks about him. That number could get increased. It could get higher. You wanna you wanna take a shot on a Brian Harmon at 17, 18, 19 percent? That's up to you. A guy who ranks 40th in my overall stat model, 21st in my aggregate model. Scorer, yeah. Don't get me wrong. Approach play, yeah. Off the tee, yeah. But the 21 2021 stats say something different. 91st in greens and regulation in the field. Third in scrambling. But if you scramble in here, he's not going to be winning this tournament. you got to shoot in the 60s for four straight days. So it's something to consider here with Brian Harmon. Cam Smith, same deal. Like, awesome on par fives. Ranks number one in the field. 50th, though, on the par fours. And I talked about how important you know scoring is. 84th in fairway hit percentage. 79th in ball striking. While we would normally compare this to someone like Patrick Reed, because Reed kind of has that same game, He's 48th in approach. It's not like he's doing it well right now in 2021. So greens in regulation, he's 90, he's 60, 62nd in the field. And, of course, Charlie Hoffman. Charlie Hoffman, we can look at all the stats we want. He's been playing amazing this year in 2021. All the top stats in, in, in are in his possession. Finished in third in 2017. 25th in 2016. 15th in 2018, but missed the cut in 2019th and 41st and 20th or 2020. So do you want to take a shot on him? He's 28th in scrambling, 21st in greens and regulation, 6th in approach. Again, double-digit ownership, but he's a solid play. I played him last weekend. Didn't pay off because he looked so terrible on Saturday and Sunday. Almost missed the cut, made it on the number, barely squeaked in. So you got to be curious about how his approach is kind of trending. Yeah, long-term-wise, solid on approach. But recently, he's in the lower end and lower half in terms of the last four and eight rounds. Same with scoring because of his approach is so bad. 
ironically enough, he's he's not terrible off the tee, but you know it's hard. It's a hard sell for me on Hoffman here. I get why people want to play him. He's been benefiting everyone so far this year. So we'll see. Uh, Siwoo Kim gonna be popular. We 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 know as the scorer. Henley English again, guys who had success last weekend. They're gonna be popular. Justin Rose is kind of like one of those like horses for the course. Thing is, he's been terrible in terms of recent form, so you don't necessarily need to go overweight there. But I get it if you want to play it. I'm not going to hate it at all. So, all right, let's go down to that 7K range, and let's just get it out of the way. Keegan Bradley's going to be popular. We know why the stats say it. You know, his ability on Pete Dye courses, everything, it's going to be talked about all week. There's no getting around it. If you want to fade him, you just bet him. And you'll be comfortable with that, right? You bet him first round leader, he'll get his first round win, and boom, you you got a thousand bucks, you got two thousand bucks, depending on how much you're betting. You know, five thousand dollars, whatever the case may be. So be aware that Keegan Bradley is going to be popular. Is he a great play? You know, statistically, yeah, he's good for your lineups. Is it chalky that you should potentially eat? I think so. But if you're going to completely fade him and just say no, thank you to Keegan, just bet him, just to cover your ass, right? The last thing you want is Keegan Bradley to have one of those like three-day weekends, right? Because he never has four. It's two or three when Keegan's on, on fire. And then he blows it one of the days to where he ends up finishing like 12th, 13th. And granted, 7,900, that, that would be nice in DFS, but still, it, it's going to cost you in the end. You know he's going to do it. So do yourself a bit, favor. If you are going to fade him, bet him. If you're going to play him, bet him. Right? It, it, it just take advantage of that. Uh, Max Homa, Phil Mickelson, I have no interest in. He, he go, I, same kind of diff, like thing deal. I, he was fun. I, I'm just not into it this weekend as much. But Sam Burns. Sam Burns has figured some shit out in 2021. And I know he missed the cut at the U.S. Open, but I'm not going to take much stock into that. Because it's such a different ball game at a major. And he's going to come back to this short course. We're on Bermuda Greens and the myth of Bermuda Burns, right? Um, but he's solid on par fours, solid on par fives. Great at scoring. 22nd in the field in scoring. If he's hitting fairways, hopefully he is because he's 94th in the field in fairway hit percentage. But hopefully he clubs down. We're 11th in ball striking and 9th in approach and 19th in greens and regulation. So a lot to love about Sam Burns here at $7,700. Coming in at lower ownership because of just how poorly he played last weekend. Other names people are going to mention. Cameron Tringale. Again, I love the name. Just not going to sit there and say, like, like this is a must play for me. I like Doc Redman here. I like Varner here. I like Jason Day here because it correlates so well to their success over at Harbortown. We know how well Varner played at Harbortown this year. The thing is, though, when you look at these three, and this tournament specifically in the last five years, the average finishing position of the three of them go in this order from from low from like best to worst. Doc Redman average finishing position of eleventh one tournament. Varner two of four made cuts average finishing position of twenty seventh. Jason Day three of four made cuts average finishing position of twenty second with his worst. Minus the missed cut coming last year with a 46th place finish. Will Jason Day's back hold up? I don't know. 
it's a risk you you know you're taking when you roster him in your lineups. Um, Doc Redman's been real bad this year. He's been really bad this year. You know, HV3 never really fulfills the promise and potential. Like, you can say what you want, but, like, fine. HV3, 36th in the field in approach. Redmond, 37th. But but if he's scrambling, if he's struggling, HV3's done. He's not going to make the cut. You look at him on, on par fours, and he's 73rd in the field. So... I'd be cautious treading with these three, and I think a lot of ownership is going to dedicate themselves to Varner potential because of his sex success at Harbortown. Potentially Doc Redman as well. I'm just not sure. Kevin Na, always fun to play. Um, chasing that putt, that ball down when he puts it in. So we'll see. I don't necessarily think he fits this course. He's 70th in my overall stat model, 47th in my confidence model. 54th in my aggregate model. You look at his recent form, he's terrible off the tee, terrible on approach. The one thing he does have going around on for him is, is the fact that like his tournament history isn't terrible. Two made cuts with a 57th in 2017 and fifth place in 2020. So Lanto Griffin and Grio are guys I'm going to buy into this week. I think they're going to be popular, but I'm okay with that. A lot of people are really jumping on the Ricky Fowler bandwagon. I'm off that. Um, I saw the potential leverage of playing him when he was single-digit owned. If this talk continues and people are betting him, which is fine, you can bet him. You know, But if he's like double-digit owned, you want to go to a double-digit owned Ricky Fowler at 7,300 who's got swing issues. And if he makes the cut, finishes top 20, obviously that pays off. And, and you know, I can shove the microphone in my mouth and say, oh, you're wrong, you dumbass. But still, I don't know if I'm on board with that Ricky Fowler. If this ownership gets higher than what it is right now, looking at Fowler, he, he, he's coming in at just a shade above 10%. No thanks. No thanks, because that number's going to grow, and, I, and I've seen his name a lot on Twitter so far this week. By the way, I want to point this out. Grio is like 22% ownership right now. Hopefully that number goes down. Hopefully that number goes down. All right, so the last guys I want to mention this 7K range that I have interest in, Doug Gim, Gooch, Knox, Stanley, Jones, and Carlos Ortiz, and Pat Perez. And part of this is just their 2021 stats and how well they're doing over there in terms of like their their approach, their greens and regulation, and all that stuff. But they really do fit this overall stat model well. Like Stanley is 18th, Knox is 27th, Gooch is 31st, Gim is 24th, Luke List and Chez Revy are are pretty high, 34th in, in 46th. Pep Perez, of course, is 66th, but. He's one of those streaky type players that that we'd like to get him on on, on the right day. Uh, in terms of their par four scoring, like Stanley looks great, Knox looks great, Gooch looks great, Doug Gim looks great. So the question is like, do you want to roster Doug Gim, the Gim Reaper, and have him like sink your lineups because he just plays awful again? It's a risk that I think you need to be willing to take, especially if we're going with those like previously mentioned build processes you need to take risk on these guys down here in this lower 7k range right go to joel Dahman. joel Dahman loves pete die courses 
Loves him, if I remember correctly. So it, it, these are all key plays. Make sure that you're conscientious of that. Does Joel Dahman love these plays? Let's see. Yeah, 17th in my Pete Dye model. So most definitely, you know, look at these guys. They're coming in at ownership. You can leverage it. Expand your player pool with these guys, not with your top-tier guys. Lock and load your top guys. Put them on all your lineups you want and deviate down here. That, I think, is going to be your potential build strategy to get different. Don't mind eating chalk here places either. But that'll wrap up the birdie and better segment. The question is, who am I not going to play this weekend? No. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. No. 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 Hell no. Can't do it. So this was everyone's favorite segment, the can't do it, won't do it segment, where we will look at double-digit ownership plays that we will not, shall not place in our player pool in our guaranteed prize pools. No, thank you. Remember, these are all viable plays for cash if you so wish to play them there. Oh, that was awkward. Anyways, I, I, I have a doozy of a play that I am not going to touch this weekend and that's Aaron Wise. Aaron Wise right now is getting a ton of love. Harbortown connection, whatever the case may be. I don't understand it directly or why, but these fairways are tight and Aaron Wise is terrible off the tee. If he's missing at all and coming in at 18, 19% ownership like we currently have him, no thank you. He's 87th in the field in fairway hit percentage. Granted, 30th in ball striking, great in approach, 6th in greens in regulation, but not a score, 111th in the field in rounds in the 60s, doesn't do well on par 4s, he's just right there hovering in the middle, at 50, it ranks 50th overall. In terms of his recent form, yeah, I get it, I see it, Ninth at the Memorial, 17th at the PGA Championship. Missed the cut, though, at the API. All right, so I do have concerns about Aaron Wise's ownership and and, and his ability to succeed and potentially fulfill that $7,400 promise, which is like a top 25 finish. I just don't think it can happen. Um, I think he struggles in this tournament style, specifically at, at tournaments with those tight fairways, and, and Wise will struggle this weekend. Next two are not going to be surprised, though. That's Patrick Cantley, Brooks Kepka. Can't do it. Not going to play him. I am sticking with that narrative that we've heard often now is that Cantley can't play on the East Coast. Prove me wrong, Patrick. Prove me wrong because I'm going to bet you just to cover my ass. And then, of course, Brooks Kepka. Terrible off the tee. Terrible if it's not a major, so not going to take part in that. And then the last guy I'm going to be interested in seeing if he is double-digit owned, that is, like, whoever in this 7K range. And is Bubba Watson going to be double-digit owned? I'm not quite sure yet. So you're looking at a variety of options here. But the three guys that I did mention, Kentley, Brooks Kepka, and Aaron Wise, those are my can't-do-its. Guys I'm treading cautiously on with right now, and I'm going to keep watching, is Cameron Tringale, Brendan Steele, Bubba Watson, Wolf obviously at 9300, Justin Rose and Mark Leishman. These are these are guys if if they're coming in way too hot, way too overowned in terms of like what my expectations are for them, 
they're going to be can't do it plays as well. And of course, I'll update that on the core four as this week progresses. So let's go do it, man. Let's let's go smash that six k range and find out the top plays down here in the in the in the cheapies. <laughs> Martin Pillar. He is a monster. He is a monster. Miscut. Miscut. Martin Pillar. I guarantee he will make the cut. Martin Pillar. Miscut. Miscut. I guarantee he will make the cut. Martin Pillar. <laughs> a monster. I guarantee he will make the cut. So this is the MG Monsters and Guarantee. We're looking at the 6K range and players that we think will finish top 25 or better. And these are the MGs. I think the 6K range has a lot of upside. And before we get into like my favorite plays, I do want to point out a couple things. Got things that I like noticing in the 6K range specifically. But these are guys who have made at least three or four cuts. Four or four cuts. Four or five cuts. No one in this 6K range has made five of five. In the last five years. So I do want to point that out. If that's a trend, then anticipate that nobody like Scott Brown, who's currently 4 of 4, is going to make 5 of 5. Whatever the case may be. But the names are Patrick Watt, Rogers, Wierenski, Hostler, Ryan Armour, Vaughn Taylor, Tyler Duncan, Sung Kang, Kevin Tway, and Scott Brown. The highest finishing position among those mentioned is Patrick Rogers and Kevin Tway. Tway finishing with 18th average finishing position with Rogers at 21st. In terms of like their finishing position, like Tway missed the cut last year, but had a fifth, sixth, and forty-third. So he was pretty popular, probably burned everyone last year based on course history. You look at their stats in twenty twenty-one, like a lot of these guys have, have rounds in the sixties. And in addition to that, like you look at the scrambling ability of Vaughn Taylor, you look at the fairway hit percentage of Ryan Armour, Vaughn Taylor, and Tyler Duncan. It, it's pretty high. All three of them are in the top twenty. In terms of approach, though, none of these guys are dominating in 2021. None of these guys are dominating with the exceptional armor and par 4 scoring in 2021. So I did just wanted to point that out, that these are cut makers here at this specific tournament. Maybe they love the course, the layout, whatever the case may be. So be conscientious of Rogers, Moransky, Armour, Vaughn Taylor, who I like, Tyler Duncan, Sun King, Tway, and Scott Brown. So looking at the player pool builder, which is missing a few metrics, but still I like the way it's looking and shaking out. Our favorite boy, 6,900, Matt Naismith ranks number one. Then we got Ryan Moore, Scott Stallings, Armour, Hadwin, Adam Long, Will Gordon, Nick Taylor, Tom Hogue, who's getting a lot of steam on Twitter, and then tied for 10th, Benny Ahn and Joseph Bramlett. So you got a lot of tools and toys that you can play with and tinker with within all your lineups, especially if you're going stars and scrubs, which I think will be contrarian somewhat this weekend. So um, it is an option to say the least. Breaking down, though, this 6K range, the guys that I really, really like here, and it's Naismith, Troy Merritt, Hank Lebiota, Seifert, Kyung-Hoon Lee, who's, who's made people a lot of money with first round leaders second round leaders whatever the case may be i'm gonna ride that train he's playing really well vaughn taylor putnam hogue mark hubbard and sep straka brian stewart and bryce garnett 
All right, not looking to get below that 6,400 range. Not a lot of guys that I like down there. Um, you know, Kevin Tway, he does interest me, I guess, at 6,200, but he's still, he's, he's not playing very good. So it's 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 a hard sell for me. With these guys that I mentioned down here in the in this 6K range, the thing we're looking at is like certain intent, intangibles. Like, are they scoring in the 60s? Uh, do they have a solid approach game? Are they decent off the tee? When we look at our overall stat model, like none of these guys pop, right? Chase Seifert is 52nd. Hogue is 56th. Like Seifert literally has our best position in the, the, the 6K range of the guys I mentioned. If we get rid of that kind of filter and just look at the, the just the 6K range and who's best in the overall stat model, those are guys like Naismith, Ryan Moore, Will Gordon, Tom Lewis, Bramlett, Cameron Percy, Danny Lee. And I think these guys are all viable options as well. It just depends on how much you want to go, you know, dancing within this 6K range because there's a lot of good golfers there. A good relatively good. So these are options. Again, I I mentioned a lot of names. Can I guarantee you that all these guys will finish in the top 25? No, because this is probably the most 6K range guys and players that I've given you. Mark Hubbard. Troy Merritt. I mean, these are all solid plays down there in this 6K range. And there'll be more in that on the core four this week as well. So let's go, man. Let's take it home. Oh, you men are all alike. Seven or eight quick ones, and you're off with the boys to boast and brag. You better keep your mouth shut. Oh, I think I love him. That's it. It's over. It's all over. That is the cut lines breakdown and analysis of the Travelers Championship. Join us next week as we look at the Rocket Mortgage Classic in Detroit, Michigan at Detroit Golf Club. Again, thank you to Fantasy National and PGA Tour. Also, like to thank Fanshare Sports and FanshareSports.com for their ownership projections, help, and analysis. If you're not subscribed to Fanshare Sports, make sure you check it out. Please, please, please go to CutlineGolf.com. Check out all the free content that we have there. Trying to help you guys build smashing and cashing and winning lineups every day of the week. You can follow me on Twitter, at Lunas, L-I-U-N-A-S. And follow the Cutline on Twitter, at T-Cutline. Lineup lock is early. Make sure you guys get it done. Let's go get some winners. Later.